No shit, Nina. I gotta censor that again. Kyle, what the fuck? Welcome to another episode of Debatable with your hosts, Nina and Kyle. I'm Kyle. I'm Nina. For this episode, it's gonna be a special one because we're celebrating the fact that we've been here for three months. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast for three months now. And we've just been so overwhelmed with all your support and all the love this podcast has been receiving from debaters and non-debaters alike. So today, we've been kind of drinking. And for our special episode, we sort of wanted to prep in this intoxicated state because we're kind of good at it for one but more importantly we've been gathering very special motions that we've either made up out of the blue or strange motions that we've encountered in multiple tournaments in the past yes but we also noticed that in this podcast we haven't spent a lot of episodes prepping stuff yeah and we've been getting requests for it and we realized a lot of people just like listening to Kyle and I ramble and what it's the best time to ramble. It's drinking time. Yes. So for today, we're going to turn our case drinking sessions into like a drinking game. Mm-hmm. So basically, we're going to drink every time we talk about a new motion. And we're also going to drink every time we make a new argument. Really? Every argument? Yeah. Prepare to get wrecked, Nino, with your eight arguments <laughs> per speech. I'm not going to prep that well, then, if that's the rule. Yeah, so this is gonna be so fun. I'm we have how many motions today? We have, we like have eight. eight motions. Yes, okay. And these are motions we've actually received from you. So I hope you're ready. The first set that we're gonna tackle now is the set I tweeted jokingly a few days back. So I joked that these were motions we planned to release in PIDC. Though obviously we didn't. The first motion is very basic, like it's been a joke motion that has been released actually seriously recently and people just started joking about it. So it's this house would ban zoos. And then the second motion is this house would ban Zeus. As in the the Greek god. And then last motion is this house would ban Zeus. As in the author. Yeah. The cat in the hat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so since these are three motions, you have to drink thrice now. Maybe can we drink after we prep no. each motion? No. Fine, let's drink. I okay. don't like this. <laughs> okay. She says as she downs a drink. Yeah, you have to keep talking while I'm downing this drink, Kyle. Come on. So we're going to be vetoing. Ah, okay. Because it's a set. Actually, it's the only um, set we have for this episode. Yeah. That's because, like, obviously... How would we do this? So this house would ban Zeus. Zeus and Zeus. I think if it's I, so easy to just ban Zeus, the god. Yeah, he was a very um, very misogynistic prick. And yeah, he raped yeah. a lot of women. Oof, and he was so early. And he was very uh, mean to his own wife. Yeah. And his Hera, own children. But to be fair, well, Hera... Like, she's not exactly a good person either. Yeah, she, yeah. She hypnotized Hercules to killing his own wife and children. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I so guess... So what if, what, if, what if they ask us, though, in opposition, are you willing to ban all gods because all of them are mean? Y- yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like a world without religion. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we turn... The, we're gonna turn the debate. Think about it. <laughs> if we turn this debate about religion, we'd totally win because there's Kylo Tega in my is team. It, is it... Well, okay. It's, it's a serious question. Is it reasonable for government to defend that? For example, someone POIs you... Like, are you okay with banning all religions? And it's like, yeah, we'd rather live in an atheist world. And then the debate becomes about an atheist world. Is that a valid... Well, if the like, debate ends up that way, then it's valid for the judge to judge it based on that stance. But for me, the best way for opposition... Well, the best way for government, rather, to get away with it is to say, maybe in another debate we could talk about that. For this debate, we are particularly talking about Zeus. Um, yeah, so I'd make sure as early as possible at Prime Minister, I would limit this debate to talking about Zeus. Right? All right. So because I, it's going to be whataboutism mm, if, if you bring in other characters and other Greek gods into this. Yeah, but also, like, not just, not just Greek gods, but also religions in general. You have. Oh, I know. I know a religion that is completely safe Scientology. No, it's not safe to defend Scientology. What? But Scientology never has any, like, gods that do sh- bad sh- stuff. Sh- sh- we're vetoing, Kyle. We're vetoing. They have Xenu, the alien space warlord stop, stop. that vaporized aliens in our volcanoes with atomic bombs. How do you know all of this? Oh, I don't know. Are you Scientologists? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I think I would make this house would ban Zeus, my number one, because I think the um, Greek god, the the Greek god. Sorry, I have to specify now because I realized if you're just listening to audio, the three words sound very similar. So, oh really? So I would ban the Greek god. No shit, me. I gotta censor that again, Kyle. What the fuck? <laughs> it, it, it takes us two minutes to censor one word. Yeah. Okay. You didn't get the joke because I said. Yeah, the, I know. Okay, I know. Okay, I know. Okay, we'd ban <laughs> Zeus. I think I'd make that number one. Um, I'd make this house would ban Zeus, like the animal, animal place, animal cages, the animal cages. I'd make that number two because it actually is rather debatable. And then I would, I would veto for sure, um, Doctor Zeus. How do you? It's. It, I mean, you can obviously. We will talk about how you can later, but. I think it's... Well, he's a shit writer. No, it's less intuitive because he was... Well, he never had any bad things in his writing. The writing itself is questionable, but you don't ban things just because they're badly written. What? And then... Upset. He taught a lot of lessons like... Oh, in the Lorax? The Lorax, Damn, for example. Damn, that's so good. I'd still regret that because it led to the movie, which is a bad movie. And well, also Cat in the Hat. What about the, the, Grinch, the Grinch that stole Christmas? It was a good movie. It was also a good story. Really? You thought it was a good movie? It's an okay movie. I have to rethink, rethink <laughs> things now. <laughs> okay. Basically, I would veto that last one. Not because there's no arguments against it. Obviously, all these motions are debatable. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but I think it's just harder to defend. Um, if I was in... Opposition, I'd reverse everything. So if, if if it was a perfect veto, everyone would be debating about... The animal cages. Yeah, which is kind of boring because we've seen this motion done so many times. When I taught in Korea a few days back... Welcome actually, back. <laughs> Thank you. I had to teach this motion, actually, to a bunch of middle schoolers. So it is debatable. It's a very classic motion. Teach it to me, Nina. 
the zoos thing. Okay, zoos. so let's prep that first. All right, let's prep it first. But first, a drink. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> okay. So how would you define zoos? Um, places where people go <laughs> to watch animals. How is that different from a safari? Um, an enclosed space mm-hmm. where people go to watch animals. Animals that are kept in confined spaces within the same facility. Because if you said enclosed space, it could oh, still it could mean... Be, it, it could be the... Safaris, though. Yeah, safaris or maybe like... Preservation. Preservation zones, yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'd make sure that when I define zoos, I would be very clear to say that it's a infrastructure that contains multiple animals in spaces that are smaller than the preferred or um, preferred or suggested spaces to provide for these animals. Toto. So what if there is a zoo, like essentially a zoo, but the quote-unquote cages or the enclosures are big enough that it might as well be a safari? No, but I would say that the fact that a zoo includes so many different animals at a time means that there are at least certain animals that are not in their natural habitat. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. But in a yeah. safari, most of the animals you have there are from that habitat. So if you're in an African safari, you'll see lions, leopards, lemurs, etc. Mm, yeah. So when, when the... Do you think Jesus goes there? Doesn't he heal leopards? Cricket noise. <laughs> you're drunk, Kyle. Go home. <laughs> We're recording in my room. I'll go home. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay, so that's how we'll define zoos. Um, I think the intuitive gov thing is to talk about animal rights, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I would argue that it's not their natural habitat. You're actively harming animals. No matter how good the facility is, you and are then, still stripping them of certain rights. You are stripping them of their capacity to learn hunting, to learn in their natural habitat. Because if anything, a lot of animals give birth in zoos and those animals are raised in those zoos and therefore yeah, but so what they're, they're animals i mean as humans we have the right to i mean we supposedly have higher rights compared to animals because we're sentient i mean if it if it were like a rock and the rock isn't aware of its own consciousness or its own existence mm-hmm. like you can throw the rock wherever you want i think I, I, I'd, I'd negate that animals are not aware of their own sentience I'm pretty sure certain animals are very smart, like apes, and a lot of apes exist in yeah, zoos. Okay, fine. How about let's exclude apes? Let's not have monkeys. In this zoo? In, in, oh, wait. Okay, fine. Apes and monkeys are different. But yes. <laughs> let's remove monkeys and apes. From the zoo? From the zoo. Then also I would dolphins. argue that it's because we have the most sentience that we have the moral obligation to care for others who have life, who may not be aware of their own sentience. But why? Are you also against, like, slaughterhouses? You could argue that if you want to go very hardline. Yeah, and then the debate becomes about vegetarianism. I mean, yeah, they're all closely related. If you argue animal rights, to some degree, you will have to defend uh, extremity. But for this debate, I would say that, again, my best cop-out and my best response would be, if it's a debate about vegetarianism, we'll have that in another motion. But for now, we're talking about zoos particularly and specifically. All right. So, the first argument is obviously that like we have a moral obligation to protect animals yes so the frame is that all these are very bad living conditions mm-hmm. and then the first argument is 
we we have a philosophical moral obligation to give them like a dignified way yeah. of living and then I'd make sure to mention alternatives because if I was in opposition the first thing I would say is um, some, sometimes certain animals who live in zoos have better living conditions than those that live in the wild for example endangered species like pandas yeah pandas. I was gonna say pandas yeah because they <laughs> have you ever watched a video of a panda just lounging about in a zoo pandas are so stupid yeah yeah pandas are very stupid so you could they would argue in opposition that some animals are safer inside zoos but my best way to respond to that is to talk about alternatives like they don't have to be in zoos they can be in safaris they so we're can okay be with in safaris and we can be, we are okay with uh, conservation areas Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as they're not primarily there for the entertainment of people which I think best transitions to the second argument when I talk about why it's immoral to use animals as a form of entertainment in a means that hurts them alright so what's the difference between the first argument and the second argument and the first is our moral obligation to protect them and second is why keeping them directly harms them so the first one is like Protection is important. The second one is not uh, not entertainment. Yeah. So for me, it's a very subtle difference. No? Yeah, but you know, you know us. We'll pull it off. And I think it is a difference um, to talk about what exactly are the harms that these animals face. Why it's immoral to use animals as entertainment. Um, if zoos, the primary reason for that is entertainment, not education. If you wanted to learn about animals, you can learn elsewhere. Like Actually, the internet. Like the internet, you can watch YouTube videos about animals. The Frank. Yeah. The okay. It's the, a YouTube the, the context channel. is there's this YouTube channel called The Frank mm-hmm. that has some fake documentary type videos about animals, mm-hmm. and I showed Nina one, and it was about ducks, and there's like very bad footage of like explosive duck corkscrew penises, and duck vaginas. Yeah, didn't you, wasn't it educational? Yes, but I don't want to remember that right now, Kyle. And it has nothing to do with this prep. No, but you said education. Yes. So there is an alternative. Okay, okay, back on track, back on track. Also, we just finished an argument, so. We finished two, actually. Nice. Nice. So, okay, I'm back on the second argument, though. Why is it bad for us to use animals as entertainment? I think I would argue that, overall, it lessens our are um intolerance for injustices like because we're willing to cage animals and watch them suffer then we'd be more willing to disregard their lives as well we're more likely to um look down on animals as less important than us it normalizes the idea that it's justified for us to um treat others as less if it creates some superficial benefit to us such as entertainment well but we have lots of entertainers Mm. but that doesn't mean that we respect them any less yes but do we respect animals yeah but I don't think it's a good parallel but like do you see where I'm getting at you're saying that just because we look at them primarily for entertainment it makes us less likely to empathize with them or care about them but well the difference with humans and animals is and uh, animals can't speak their minds if something's going wrong mm. if they don't agree with the objectification and entertainment you put them through like oh, also, animals. also i think um the, the 
I think the argument also works for human entertainers mm-hmm. because looking at them primarily as as entertainers instead of like people who happen to entertain you is the reason why there are so many times where we disregard their rights. Mm-hmm. For example, privacy, like yeah. paparazzi, yeah, yeah. things like that. So I think we don't necessarily have to say that they're different. So I would. So first you say, oh, they're different, and then you say, okay, fine. Even if we let the parallel. Like even if you admit the parallel to be correct, mm-hmm. like it's it the argument still applies because even for humans. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think an important argument as well to have, and as a third argument, is how zoos are overall unnecessary. Like why why do we have them? Do we need to have zoos? I think the standard for for example, um, banning something is one there are alternatives that exist, but secondly that they're harmful. We've already proved that they're harmful. But the alternatives, we can just name so many other alternatives to get the same benefits as animals. Like cat videos online, or YouTube, or safaris, or preservation areas. So if opposition argues protection, then we counter with preservation. If they uh, argue education, then we counter with YouTube and other means of learning about animals that don't necessarily have to put them in cages. It's an argument. Yeah. I, I think it's more of a preemption, but... Fine. Preemptions can take the form of arguments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want to do up. Yeah. I guess it's just really the reverse. So talk about the inherent value of zoos. I think the main difference of zoo the main difference of zoos compared to, for example, safaris and preservation areas is its accessibility. Like not everyone can afford to go to a uh, like a an entire trip to Africa just to experience the lions. Or what? It's, it, it sounds so bad when you say, let's experience, experience the, the lions. lions. Yeah, experience seeing the lions. Or um, it's, it's still different to watch a video compared to seeing them live. Because, for example, there are certain things you can only see and learn when you're in the presence of, the cert- of animals. For example, scale. You watch so many videos of elephants, but it's only when you really see an elephant in real life that you realize... Like what they are, how big they are, how like magnificent they may be, right? Yeah. So I would say that there's a unique value that's provided by zoos, and mm. then if they argue bad living conditions, then obviously I would say that's not an argument against zoos. Zoos is just implementation. Yeah, and we can create <laughs> policies in opposition that better the lives have, of animals. I also have a, like a joker bottle. Cause what if someone says? You don't even learn anything from zoos. It's like, yeah, of course we do. We learn how lions look like when they're depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. get that in the wild. You don't get that in the wild. Yeah, or for example, you see how they sleep because pretty sure all the videos online are about them hunting. Great. <laughs> about them mating, but you never see them in a normal everyday setting where they're just... Lying down on the pavement. <laughs> very, very sad. Like no, okay, but but seriously though, I talk about the educational value of zoos. I'd also talk about how the harms are not inherent to zoos and just its implementation. And I would obviously have a moral argument as well against the moral obligation thing. Yes. And yeah. to say that, um, given that we're the most sentient of beings, we should have the right to do what we can within the confines of what's acceptable by the law. Right. So as long as we're not murdering them or harming them, then it should be acceptable that we manage to use them to benefit us one way or another. Yeah, and even if we're talking about like 
more sentient animals. I I think the the argument still applies, like as humans, and we have more smarts, we have bigger brains. Yeah, you know, like I would still say that we just by that fact we have the right to sort of like expand our own horizons because like. I would say actually that as humans, our first responsibility and obligation is to, is for the betterment of our own species. Yep, yep. Th- that sounds so racist. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. It but there's a way so to racist. do it with finesse, and you just gotta hope that government doesn't make the parallel with that and okay. racism. We're done no, with no, that. no. I have one last argument. It's also very important about zoos. Uh, I thought of this while I was trying to teach this to the kids. The fact that it raises awareness for these animals. For example, I'm more likely to donate and to care about their causes if I've seen them in person compared to just learning about them. Because seeing them, for some reason, biologically, we form a, a, a sort of attachment to animals that we've specifically encountered. Like we're more likely to care about them, more likely to um, fight for more preservation for them, donate to causes that cater to them, etc. The World Wildlife Foundation. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is a primary benefit, but it's more like an extension benefit that exists if you have zoos readily accessible, especially to people that are younger. Yep, that's an argument. Okay, we're done with this motion. Next motion. Zeus. Zeus, the, Zeus. the Greek god. Okay, the- for Gov, just gotta say, like he's a bad person. Yeah. He's a bad god. That's it. That's, that's basically the entire thing. And then you just create separate arguments for why he's bad. So he's a misogynist. He's a bad father. He's a rapist. You know, my favorite story of Zeus is when he turned into a big swan and raped uh, a woman. I forgot the, the name of the girl. But I just knew that. But he, he turned into a swan to rape a girl. And so that Hera wouldn't find out. Yeah, but Hera did like, find out. So, like, what, what, is the, what is the frame here? Like, when, when do we... Like, what is the world that we live in now that makes us want to ban Zeus? I, I don't think that this motion is actually very relevant. I would say it is, because the other day we just had, like, really bad thunderstorms, and I was so scared. Freaking Zeus. Yeah. Also, Zeus was so negligent, and Percy Jackson, <laughs> he lost his lightning bolt. No, I'm serious. I mean, since we're talking about fiction anyway... Like, I would say that, like, Zeus is so negligent so many different times. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean to ban Zeus anyway? What to does stop it mean? glorifying him, to stop printing about him, to stop making him relevant. I'll also say, stop going here, man. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Maybe stop. if he really existed, assuming he existed, we'd ban him from ever performing any of his duties as a god. But given that he's fiction, I would say the most we can do is ban his proliferation and relevance as a cultural figure. Yeah. Well, I mean, for op, obviously, you have to talk about like his his importance to certain contemporary culture. Yeah, yeah. For example, like, like he's integral to the culture that started philosophy. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in fact, it was because people got so tired of talking about Zeus that the first philosopher said, "Let's look at natural um, explanations for why the world works." Yeah. But that's more of a regrets motion, isn't it? Because you're looking back at what Zeus was able to contribute. But we're we're not negating his contributions. We're talking about banning him now. Alright. Let's let's think about like a parallelism that we can use right now. What if... Like we can compare this to a motion about 
um, banning literary pieces that glorify Marcos. Yeah, it's the same because you. And the difference is we already know that Marcos has caused more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Um, but how about for Zeus? Like, can we say that he has done more harm than good? Like. I would say people still see him more as a good figure than a bad one. And that's exactly what's harmful. I would say that we're beyond the point where we can um, actually correct the narrative of Zeus because he's just so dominantly seen as a good figure that the only course of action we can take is to ban him. Because mm. opposition might say, no, oh, we can just actually lecture more about the horrible things that Zeus has done the same yes. way we can lecture about Marcos. But I would say that we're beyond the point of return. That we just yeah. gotta stop talking about him in general. So I remember in after um, after communism, <laughs> like what happened? What happened was like in Europe, they banned a lot of symbols that they associated with communism mm-hmm. after the fall of um, Eastern European communism, and that was because like it was still so ingrained in the. the, the Victims were still like so hurt that they had to ban it, but they eventually lifted the ban. So maybe this could be a stopgap measure. Like we can ban, Zo- like glorifying Zeus right now, and then maybe in the future we could reintroduce him back. Maybe, but that's a very soft stance, isn't it? Because you're banning him, but only temporarily. So why ban him in the first place? If you're conceding that there's a future where we can coexist with the narrative of Zeus. But that's it. Um, I think that's pretty much all the arguments. I'm not expecting this to be a rich motion. It's just a motion you talk about with your friends while drinking, like right now. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for, for Op, I think Op is pretty strong here. Say that you can't just ban a figure that's relevant. Maybe we can just concede that there are bad things done, but we cannot disregard the importance Zeus has played to a lot of societies, um, especially the first, um, like, the first... Uh, municipalities, the first um, city-states, especially in Greece. Like, a lot of their lives revolved around the importance of Zeus, and that's the reason we got democracy today. It's because of their belief in these gods. So to ban that would be to disregard our history and disregard the importance. Drink. Drink. That's a lot. You you talked about a lot. Ah, I'm gonna die. This house would ban Zeus. The, the author I, I don't have any gov cases for this honestly so my gov case okay. is that he is a literary hack why okay just like what Conan O'Brien said at his Dartmouth commencement address he's, the man ran for floozle with the snoozle and in the literary world that's called cheating why what did Sue cause do? he made up words just so that I could make him rhyme ah it dumps children down did it yes so, I read Zeus, I read Zeus when I was a kid, and now look at me. I'm talking about green eggs and ham in my sleep. You do? I don't know if you'll be fun at sleepovers, or mm. you'll be super fun at sleepovers. <laughs> <laughs> my op case here would be that. Wait, I'm not done with the gov case. Okay, gov case. I would also say, okay, first he's bad writer. Mm-hmm. And then I would say. There are ways to talk about the Lorax and the environment without having to be a bad writer. And then third, I would also say, when, when obviously, Op will say, Oh, you can't just ban bad writing. 
Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Like, we'd like, ban well, lang leave and stuff like that. I would say, yeah, go. <laughs> ban that shit. Ban it. Ban it. Okay, okay, fine. You'll go hardline. No more Wattpad. No more Wattpad. What about fanfiction.net? Okay, fanfiction can stay. <laughs> the softest stance. Everyone. Let's anyone. ban all literature except for fanfics. <laughs> okay, Opcase says obviously that uh, Dr. Seuss has revolutionized children's stories. He has obviously played an important role for those who grew up with Dr. Seuss. There's a lot of relevant material. I'd say that there's no grave harm that necessitates having a ban. I would also make fun of government of government for even like allowing this motion to be debated and not vetoing it. Like I'm not no, sure. I, and also, um, on, on more serious note, I, I said he rhymed fufnoozle with susnoozle. Yeah. That's called cheating. But well, there there have been a lot of really great writers who do the same thing. For Shakespeare. Example, yeah, Shakespeare did that. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis Carroll did that in Alice in Wonderland. And who wrote Clockwork Orange? But Clockwork Orange did that as well. Yeah. And then the reason why that works is a lot of the time language isn't about what the word means. Like the what the single word in that like sentence means. Like what that single word means. It's about like context. So from a philosophy angle. What? We've been recording for thirty minutes. Yeah, from a philosophy angle it's it's Sort of playing with the confines of language. So even the silliest parts of Dr. Seuss still has literary and philosophical value at the end of the day. Yeah. I would say that, if anything, he's revolutionized writing by bending the rules a little bit. Yeah. So he he got a lot of flack at the beginning because of what you said, like making up words, being called a hack, not taking writing seriously. But it's a form of evolution, and we should respect that. Okay, so that's the third motion. We're done with this set, finally. Yeah. I think 30 minutes for three motions isn't bad, considering we're actually trying to prep. It's not bad. Like, we spent so much time on banning Zeus. (laughs) Because that's the actual debatable motion. Yeah, okay, that actually came out in the tournament. Yeah. Okay. The next one is from Gaston, our, our dear friend Gaston Hi. from UPLB. Oh, Hello. He, he broke in UADC. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. He just heard. We, we cheered when he heard. I mean, yeah, UPLB won. I mean, Gaston has broken before in UA. I think. Yeah, but uh, let's congratulate everyone. Yeah, yeah, we're congratulating them. Yeah, so this motion is um, this house would make hentai, a, a hentai category for national artists. So when I when I saw this, like he tweeted this at me, I was like, oh, there there are two ways to define this motion. You can either say, um, you're going to make like hentai artists into national artists, mm-hmm. or you could also make a hentai category that features national artists. <laughs> that that second one's more fun. So, so I I was saying like. Mm, Gaston, if this is the wording, then it's gonna be messy. So no. <laughs> yep, we suddenly care about the wording here on debatable. But talking about let, hentai. But let's do both. Okay. Okay. Let's just start with the more boring one. You're really gonna cement yourself as the hentai person. I'm Kyle the hentai guy. Yeah, you're Kyle the hentai guy. Um. Okay. So first, let's let's make um, hentai artists into national artists for government, and I, I'd rather just focus on government here. Okay. Um. Oh, first you have to drink. 
Okay. Okay, so first, national artists in the Philippines. Um, the thing about that is, in the past, there have only been <coughs> like several categories for national artists. But recently, um, those categories have been expanding. So just a few years ago, we had the very first national artist in fashion design. Wow. Yeah, so um, the reason for that is because what constitutes art that is nationally important is that there has to be um the, the like it, it's malleable the, the, its value is malleable okay so it it's valuable for different people at different points in time mm-hmm. but the reason why i have um not a national artist for fashion design and it's not like a yearly thing or it's it's not often that you get one you've only had one mm-hmm. it's because like you have this Category, which is sort of a catch-all for all of the other like semi-categories. Okay. And it's so what I would argue is that what is nationally important in the form of art constantly changes. So the next argument, so the the, the argument should be why hentai is suddenly so ubiquitous and so ingrained in our national consciousness. Okay, but but I, I would say this is, this is just a very general topic. It doesn't have to be the Philippines. Because a lot of different cultures have so much hentai, even in their like prehistoric writings. Like Japan, for example. Um, the, the, samurai, the samurai scriptures sort of thing. They have Are so you talking much- about the fisherman's wife? Oh, it's different. Yeah, the, that's different. The but very that's first, another thing. Yeah. The very first tentacle hentai was this um, inkwash painting in Japan. Oh my god, I know too much. You know too the much about Dream of topics. the Fisherman's Wife, where okay. she was having sex with an octopus. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree with you that so many different cultures have hentai. And I, I would also argue that it removes the taboo placed on hentai, which I think is important to remove because discussions of sex and discussions of sexual fantasies are just as important as like uh, realism. Um, it's just as for- important as fantasy because these are creations of our subconscious. Um, if anything, this is a more primal um, means of understanding our subconscious and should be seen as important as well. Yeah, and since since it's national artists, we have to talk about its na- national importance. And, well, to be fair, I would say that there's a, there's a lot of hentai that talks about, like, global issues so uh, <laughs> so like you, you already know about metamorphosis metamorphosis emergence yes by shindo l yeah you've been kind of recommending that to everyone yes <laughs> yeah it's so depressing it's like 300 pages long and it's about drug addiction and there's another piece about um the, the sex trade there's another piece about um how we consume animals and like we sort of commodify them like imagine if they were actual sentient people I, I felt so bad when I read that you can use this as matter for the banning zoos motion <laughs> yeah so yeah so I would say that well at least for the Philippines you don't have any prominent hentai artists well mm-hmm. well, there's one forget his name but he, he made they're on Pornhub I think <laughs> mm. yeah anyway so I would say that while there aren't any 
um, prominent hentai artists in the Philippines today. That might just be a function of us making it a taboo. Because the, I, I know so many people that are so good at drawing, like... Um, the human body. The human body. And weird and, and positions. Actual, and actual sex. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, but because of that taboo, they, they don't get, like, the, the recognition that I think they deserve. Yeah, okay. So I think that's a good case. Up case is just basically, it's unnecessary... It promotes promiscuity. It's not the most important thing. It might drive attention away from um, more important things of national significance, etc. I think this is basically more boring for opposition because it's more of the intuitive things. It's yeah. more fun to gov, really. Well, I, I would also say that on your first point was that it's unnecessary. Yeah. And I personally, I actually do agree with you that it's unnecessary. Because if you're talking about, um, for instance, you... Like make hentai, like like it's a doujinshi. It's self-published. That could be considered part of literature, mm-hmm. since you already like sort of treat graphic novels as part of literature. You already treat these art house, sort of raunchy types of movies as just part of cinematography. Literature. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that they're already unnecessary. The category is already unnecessary. Because we have many alternatives. If if that if that piece of art is so nationally important, they don't need to make a category. Just give them the already existing award. Yeah. And I would say that like it sort of cheapens, like the hentai category as a whole when you make a special category just for them. Yeah, I think it would limit actually the kind of hentai that's presented because if there's an award that you can gain from it won't you just do things that are generally popular generally going to get you that award yeah so it's like oscar bait but for national artists yeah oscar baiting <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah okay the, the, the second way to look at the motion is let's make hentai out of like national artists can we not talk about that because that's really senseless now in my opinion no no but like this is this is an actual dilemma that lots of people apparently go through um so i i know this person i I know several people that i can't name for their security but i know them and they first met each other through like message boards online where they sexualize national heroes. So after How do you know these after, things? After okay. after Henera Luna, there was this huge like fangirl craze over um like Bonifacio, um Mabini, etc. And they there's so much fan fiction online about like all these national heroes just having sex with each other. And it was a big dilemma for us because on one hand, well that means people are interested about like these national heroes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And you no, because say. you can't you can't make quality fan fiction about someone's life without actually knowing that person's oh, life. Oh, so it encourages people to learn more yeah, about no, these I'm artists. I'm not even kidding. That's that's exactly what happens. Okay. But on the other hand, is it right that we sexualize them? Like, is it right that we we look at <laughs> we look at Emilio Aguinaldo as a sex god, for example? I don't think we should be sexualizing anyone actually. So I would be hardline against it. So you'd be hardline against sexualization in general. Yeah, and yeah. I would say that like it's important for us to like recognize that these people are actually sexual beings. Also, mm, okay. Yeah, and I don't know. Just sort of 
humanize them. Yeah, humanize them. It's like you have so many different ways of humanizing them. Like you show their flaws, etc. Why don't you also show their kinks? And like being kinky is an integral part of who we are as a as a people, as a as a human race. So government is again about removing taboos, basically. Yes. Like removing taboos and also maybe encouraging learning. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if there's this person who doesn't want to learn about Philippine history because he thinks it's boring? It's like, oh, here's here's some hentai of it. It's like, whoa, I'm suddenly interested now. And since, like, you were talking about, like, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about how a lot of social issues get raised and people become aware of them because they're they're exposed to it through hentai. Maybe that could be the case for these people okay, as well. Okay, okay, okay. I see it. I see the government. I can't believe you made me see a government case here. Okay, I think we can move on now, Kyle. Okay, drink time. Drink time. I've been recording for 40 minutes. Great. It doesn't feel like 40 minutes because I'm having fun. Okay. This next motion is actually a motion that came out. Yeah. Um, in- I'm not, I, I wasn't in the debate community yet, but Kyle... I was. Yeah. So in, in 2000... 10 or 2011 there was an idea tournament and the quarters was about legalizing bestiality and the um it, the parenthetical was that it's the motion is actually this house would fuck a bear wow yeah so that's the motion bear like animal about. not the so bear like animal not the lgbt tribe <laughs> so just like the past motion the the previous motion we're going to look at it as bestiality and also having sex with a large um, bear, hairy, gay person. No, no, I don't think there's any op against the LGBT tribe, really. Oh, really? Okay, great. So we'll just talk as about... As a bear. <laughs> as a bear. That, that feels great. Let's just talk about the bestiality aspect. So obviously, in, in opposition, I think it's easier. Because I think the primary thing that drives, um, or should drive sex, is consent. And you can't really get consent from a bear, can you? Mm, Maybe right. in assuming the technology exists, this house would okay, fuck so a bear. Wait a minute. With so consent, that's another motion. So bears cannot consent at all. Like the animal bear cannot consent at all. Yes. Can it make any other dis- rational decision? Nope. It's not sentient? Uh, it, it's sentient to a degree. Where are you going with this? How is it different from having sex with a sex toy? Because a sex toy doesn't consent. But it's because it literally cannot consent. But you're it's not, not sentient enough when you to fuck consent a bear, at all. You're harming a living being. Alright, fine. Right? <laughs> fine. Let's so not are, harm. Are you saying that things. vibrators are oppressed? <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you never watched Toy Story before? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that just opens oh up no. a new debate altogether <laughs> Toy Story 5 everyone <laughs> Andy's in college stop <laughs> Andy's in college okay okay stop stop okay I don't know how to run this motion and I can't believe it actually came out how do you defend bestiality yeah no I, I would still say that like we're, we're sentient you're not we can do anything that you want with you because it's our right like that sounds the, like a meninist argument right there. We have the right to do it. We're higher than you on the food chain, etc. We we think you don't like and you would even say like 
okay, fine. Even if bears can feel pain, mm-hmm. they don't have the mental capacity to process that pain into anything meaningful. Okay. So their their, their lives are devoid of meaning, except like in in functional ways through the environment, ecology, in ways that they're not even aware of. That's true. So why is it bad for us not to, um? Like, they, they don't get meaning from their existence. Why can't we derive meaning from their existence? Wow, that's deep philo right there. Yeah. Okay. Having sex with bears. Philosophy? <laughs> it's philosophical. Yeah, but my fear is... um, Their ability to derive consent, though, is important. Because I could argue in opposition that it becomes a gateway for us to disregard other people or entities that cannot give consent such as minors for example ooh this is like the reverse so i always say let's 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 get let's let gays marry and it's like ooh are you going to say let's have sex with minors too and but this in this case we're talking about having sex with bears yeah. it's like let's have sex with minors yeah. <laughs> why does it always end up with people having sex with minors no i think the reason why that's the best parallel to always bring up in debates is because it's so repulsive because we've all been children. We've either had children or are, were children. We know someone who's a child. It's more visceral for us to understand how wrong something is if you attach it to a vulnerable entity that everyone has encountered in one point in time. All right. Maybe a difference here is, for, for Gov at least, is while a child can eventually get consent, which is why it's wrong to take advantage of them while they don't have the ability to give consent yet. yeah that's why pedos should just wait until they are in oh, yeah the so age like of majority like human children will grow up to be people who can give or not give consent but bears they're gonna die without ever having the ability to get consent anyway that's true so i'm not sure though if that's a gov case or an op case but it's an interesting thought to have no but i would say like there is actually no harm here because even if you just leave it alone, it won't be able to give or not give consent anyway. That's true. Okay, j- just to clarify, I am not, I am not personally, I do not personally believe that we should have sex with animals or bears or whatever. I don't think you need to make that disclaimer, but I'm kind of happy that you did anyway. Yeah, because I feel like I made a convincing point there. <laughs> Okay, yeah, don't don't have sex with bears is our point here. So we're done with the fifth motion. Congratulations, yeah. Kyle. Ah. Next motion is actually a motion that came out again. Um, what you motion? weren't in the debate community yet. I, I, I was. Yeah, I've only been oh, here. I've been so old. Yeah, I've only been here like half the time you've been here, Kyle. No, you've been here like six years. Okay, fine. Half and a year. <laughs> so yeah, you were here for six years. I've been here for like a decade. Yeah. Wow, that, that sounds so bad when you put it that way. Yeah, so um, the motion came from ASDC 2012 in Malaysia. It's the star ASDC. Um, this house would free all Pokemon. And I really like this motion. I think it's actually debatable. Well, it obviously is because... ASDC 2012 Agecore, let it be debated. Yeah, but I think it's hard to ground in reality because it's all based on speculation and fiction. Like, how do we know how Pokemon work? We don't know where they came from. We don't know their level of sentience. At least we know, like, a lot of them are sentient, like Pikachu, Squirtle with his Squirtle gang, etc. Alright, so there, there, 
for me, there are three sources of information that you can get matter from from in this motion. First is the games. Second is the anime. Third is the manga. For my argument in Gov. Did you actually debate this? No. Oh, okay. I think my motion... I'm not sure if this was the same round. But I only remember like three motions from that tournament. This is one of them. The other one is this house regrets the way you've come to, we've come to celebrate Christmas. Oh, okay. Which is which isn't that ridiculous emotion? Yeah, I mean, I recently ran a tournament. Uh, this a house motion. regrets um the celebration the way, of Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, that's a that was like an idea tournament as well. Yeah. So um, anyway, this Pokemon. house would free all Pokemon. Yes. The golf is very. I, I think like it, intuitive. It, it, yeah. It's like yeah. we use them as essentially slaves to fight each other etc and they're sentient mm-hmm. but on op and i think op is more interesting to talk about here my argument for op is that like they chose to be captured like they weren't forcibly captured they let themselves be captured mm-hmm. and i remember during that time there was this one person um, there was this one team who ran the case on op that they actually want to be slaves. And I won't go so far as to say that they want to be slaves. And all Pokemon wanted to be slaves. But on I wouldn't op- say slaves. Maybe pets. Pets that we fight with. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, I think their purpose would be to fight. And they don't do it to murder each other. If anything, they just faint, right? Yeah, they, they faint. Yeah, they faint. <laughs> yeah, like in games. And then all of a sudden, you black out. And yeah. then you lose money. <laughs> like you wake up and you lost money. In the games. Yeah. But but I think this just proves that if their purpose and they find joy as Pokemon in fighting, then oh, we should yeah. respect it and actually encourage it by being their Pokemon masters. Yeah, but but my my argument comes from the anime actually. Because in the earlier parts of the Pokemon anime, when Ash met Squirtle he was in the Squirtle gang, and like he had to prove basically that he was worthy before Squirtle let him um, catch him the Pokeball. And a more telling example is Bulbasaur, because Bulbasaur refused to be captured, like this the entire time he refused to be captured, until such time when, like he found Ash to be worthy, worthy of his respect. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it's not forcibly capturing them and turning into turning them into like battle machines. Are you okay, Kyle? You you're you're really I'm hiccuping. drunk. Yeah. Yeah. So I, they're not being forcibly captured, right? They actually decide for themselves to be captured. So I guess the gov here would would be to we don't need to free all Pokemon. Just those that refuse to be used for battle. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, like, what's the difference between this and... Cockfighting. No, because cockfighting, the, the cocks aren't sentient. But okay. Pokemon are sentient. Okay. What's the difference between this and two normal sentient people entering into a contract? Where the contract stipulates that for this amount of time, until this person reaches the Elite Four... This person will, like, fight for them or whatever. Like sports, co- like sports I was thinking contracts. More of sports. 
Yeah, like, I, I said there's sports. A, there's a company that owns the boxers, for example. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, sports, boxers. Yeah. Like, you enter into a contract. Yeah, you have a master, quote-unquote. It's your company. And then you fight each other. But you consent to fighting. If anything, you find enjoyment in it. And the Pokemon also get glory in the end anyway. Oh, also, if they don't want to fight, they don't have to fight. Because in the anime also, when Ash gets his Charizard and Charizard didn't want to obey Ash. Yeah, he just, just slept. Fu- he just freaking, like, slept around. <laughs> it was like, but everyone else is like, oh, whatever, man. He slept, not slept around, Kyle. Okay, slept around the place. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. You can still sleep around the place. Yeah, so anyway, you know. I think I have a solid up case. Yes. But most people are like, yeah, we should free all Pokemon. Did you ever play that PETA game like Pokemon like Black and Blue? Have you played that? Pokemon Black and Blue? It's a PETA game? There's a PETA yeah, game? Yeah. The People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals released a game. That's based on Pokemon, where basically the Pokemon rise up and beat up their trainers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, I think. In we're any done case, with I think motion. we're done with this motion. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Kyle Atago. Cheers for the last two motions. Last two motions. This next tournament. Uh, this next tournament. This next motion, I actually encountered in a tournament, my first ever PSDC, twenty thirteen. This motion was. In the case of a zombie apocalypse, this house would adopt the stand your ground policy. What is the I, stand I your ground? I was also in that tournament. Yeah. Like, you, you won. You won the... Analano. You, you were in the finals of that one. I was one. in the finals of that one. Yes. So, oh, yeah. That was my peak. The, the I, high school peak. I didn't know you yet. <laughs> For me, everyone that, was just scary. <laughs> that, that was a solid five months before you first met. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. It was a solid half a year before I first met. Yeah. Okay. So this motion, what's the standard ground policy? So the, the standard ground policy is basically like if you feel like your um, personal security is at risk, you can take up um, arms. arms against the threat. So this was controversial in the United States because a lot of white, predominantly white neighborhoods felt threatened by... Um, black people who were just there and then they ended up killing the black people mm-hmm. yeah so but in this case um, the motion is about a zombie apocalypse yeah and how would, did, did you gov this? Uh, I think I gov this I, I was opening opposition the, the, the funny thing about this motion was that <laughs> the funny thing about my debate my round was that I was opening opposition and while I was speaking my closing opposition raised POIs at me. Oh no! It was it was hilarious. What was your golf case? Um, my golf case was the urgency, obviously. Like at that point in time, at the start of a zombie apocalypse, there are now two classes of people: those that we are unsure of, aka the zombies. We are not sure of their rights. We're not sure of their motives. We're not sure of their um, intentions or actions. And humans, and I argued that. Um, we have a like um, we should prioritize our protection especially when in most instances zombies actively attack you so I obviously painted zombies in a very negative light like they're mindless they've been um, infected with a virus that takes over that they're no longer humans if anything they're just shells for the viruses yeah so this is no different than trying to eradicate a disease 
my argument on op was that we can't have the standard ground policy because there's there's just too much distrust in these types of societies so for example you're already um, super paranoid that everyone might be a zombie so the odds are very high that you're just gonna kill everyone and like in a zombie apocalypse you need a community you need to rebuild a state so that the state can protect you again yeah but if if you sow more distrust with the stand your ground policy you're not only making people distrust zombies you're also making people distrust each other and it's more likely that people are going to assume that another person is a zombie just because hindi niya, just because that person is unknown to the shooter for example so it creates a lot of distrust and it makes society as a whole even more unstable i remember my opposition also running the same thing like the act of distrust like the chaotic society etc but my argument in government is we'd rather have that than a society that actively gives zombies second chances and maybe eradicate in the future so it's a short-term versus long-term thing obviously your argument in opposition is long-term you'd want to yeah. see them as like give them benefit of the doubt ensure yeah. that we protect each other like we're, we're weaker when we don't trust anybody we're yeah. more willing to make killing each other the first resort rather than the last resort yeah but, but I argue that it's the survival of the fittest. And obviously, in all instances, civilians will be harmed. Because if they not if they are not harmed by the shooter or the human, they're going to be harmed by a fellow zombie. So I'd rather take uh, my chances. Um, remember I said, my closing opposition... My closing opposition raised the POI at my speech. And it turns out, my closing opposition ended up talking about why zombies have human rights that's an interesting angle well just an interesting angle and it's it's a direct response to your case because your case is like we're not sure of them we're not sure that the zombies are human what their rights are so if i were to run it i would say because we're unsure we have to err on the side of give them rights because mm-hmm. they might be cured like would, would you kill an would you kill like someone inflicted with Ebola so that like the disease won't spread no or that's another debatable topic so I don't think that's the best example no I don't think it's I don't think it's debatable like okay okay not Ebola but like assuming it was a dangerous disease that could spread there is a debate like if there was patient zero would you kill that patient zero if it meant protecting more people it's like a trolley problem Right? Or the Omelas motion. Yeah, the Omelas motion. That's that's probably a prep time for another uh, episode. Uh, that's that's uh, that's not a weird motion, so that's not going to be in this case drinking, Kyle. Um, so yeah, I think those are the prominent cases that you can see for the zombie apocalypse motion. I had a lot of fun debating this, I remember. Oh, but I remember that I, I thought of a silver bullet type thing. Yes. Like a very strong gov case. I wouldn't stop at saying there are zombies everywhere, etc. I'd also preempt my op case by saying it's not just like that there are zombies everywhere. There's also like no more government. You can't, you, there's no more police because it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. It's very fitting that there are sirens playing at the back while we're talking about zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay. in, in a world with a zombie apocalypse, you would never hear these sirens because there are no more policemen. There's no more government. You you have nobody to trust. And you need to stand yourself. your ground. Like, the only people who can enforce the policy are people who are super snug and cozy in their little apocalypse-proof bunkers. The rich. The, the rich. <laughs> exactly. But like, oh my god, there's a social class debate in this? Oh yeah, because like, if... if because you were talking about a survival of the fittest. No, it's survival of the richest because they're the ones who have access to arms all, all the so. firearms. That's true. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting angle. Yeah. I what didn't think the, of that. Until what other time. angles can we discuss? Is, Is there a religion, religion angle? In sync. <laughs> okay. We're in sync. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think we're done with that. We're, okay. we're gonna go on to the last motion. Wait, we gotta drink. We, we gotta, gotta drink. drink. We gotta drink. Oh, that was loud. Oh my god, you're downing it. I'm not even halfway done with my drink. Okay. The last one came from our good friend Venti. Venti the person who dropped us. The and the reason we started us. drinking yeah. like this in the first place. Yeah. It's this house with enforced nudity. I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. I think it's like it's like a it's like a Free the nipple on the extreme. <laughs> it's a government policy that says you have to be nude all the time. Yeah. Except, for example, when you're having sex. That's when you get <laughs> dressed. You have to dress up for yeah. sex. Or taking a shower. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of world you live in now. Let's enforce nudity. No, no. I think the best government case here would be... Like, it's just an extension of Free the Nipple, where the goal is to normalize the human body. Yeah, but in Free the Nipple, the state doesn't go like, you have to show your nipples, women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would maybe I'd also say it's a way to dismantle fast fashion. It's a way to dismantle, like, capitalist systems that Your take Honor, advantage. That's a reach. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a way to, take a, uh, to um, dismantle systems that try to tell us that we have to wear particular clothes in particular way like wouldn't it be simpler if no one wore clothes at all like we wouldn't be able to identify um who's rich and who's poor based on their clothes because everyone's naked oh i know the frame here now the frame here is that like we we only started having clothes in the past because we're so vulnerable to the elements what do you mean no like when 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 we were when the human race was just like cavemen or whatever, they were so vulnerable to the elements that like they they freeze to death, they get they, they die from like heat stroke or whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's why they needed clothes to insulate them from the weather, the elements. But right now we live in a society that essentially protects us from all these dangers anyway. No, we have global warming. Yeah, but you you have sun. You have. You have SPF lotion. We have shelter. We have shelter. Yeah, see? You see? just repeated what I said. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm repeating what you said. Because I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> Are you mansplaining my own argument to me, Kyle? Am I mansplaining your own argument to you, Nina? <laughs> okay, Um. so if that's the gov, I think... Yeah, the no, op- the, so... Yeah. Okay, so you I still have say, a gov? You still have gov? Yes, yeah, so I would say, in the past... We make clothes for this reason. We no longer have any reason to keep wearing clothes today. Okay, I think we're forgetting an important element of this motion. The fact that it's a policy. How are we gonna enforce nudity, Kyle? Yeah, I would ban clothes. <laughs> this house I would ban, ban clothes. clothes. This is just a fancy wording for this house would ban clothes. Yeah. 
This has to ban clothes. Yeah, that's basically what it meant. Oh, opposition is obviously the choice. The fact that I would say that it harms, it disproportionately harms women more than men. There's a feminist angle to this. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you if you if you make men not wear clothes, that's already half of status quo. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like men wear go around wearing no shirt or whatever, and I mean like oh that's a gross. <laughs> but if, 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 if it were if it were women, we go like, well, women, yeah, yeah, they just because we live in a very patriarchal society. So it disproportionately harms women. I'd say that it puts a lot of industries out of work. I would also say that it's very unnecessary for the state to do this. Nor does the state have the right because it's still our choice. I would say maybe the stance of opposition should be that we don't want to enforce nudity, just. Uh, Encourage nudity? No, no, decriminalize it. If you, if you oh, want to yeah, go in the nude. Indecency, yeah, yeah, because there's a law right now against like, public indecency, right? And it discriminates on people who celebrate a nudist culture. There are nudist beaches. I'd say that maybe we can just elevate that by saying we should decriminalize nudity and public indecency. Yeah. But yeah. we don't need to enforce it as a government. And the thing about public indecency is that most of the time, Shirtless men is not considered publicly indecent, but shirtless women are. Yeah, so the law is in itself discriminatory to women. And I'd say that enforcing nudity is still discriminatory. So if you want to correct that narrative, this is not the way to do it. There's a middle ground that you can do, which is just decriminalizing. decriminalizing yeah. So you respect their choices and yeah. stuff. Yeah, wow. Thanks, Venti. I, I, we actually made some interesting points in this motion. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the that motion is It's not debatable, Kyle. It's not debatable, but it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's a good thought experiment. It's a good thought experiment. To, oh to I have, have another drinking. one. What? I have another one. It's not in our list. It's not in our list. We're done but, with but what motion is it? Our friend Papat. Hi Papat, Papat from DLSU. Hi Papat. Uh when when you went against Papat in PIDC. Uh-huh. Um, we were joking around like let's just make up let's just make up a stupid motion and let's debate it and make the judge go like what remember and the motion was this house would legalize postnatal abortion <laughs> murder basically <laughs> it was so hilarious I was like it's it's there's it's no, been in my head ever since no there's no way to debate that it's basically this house would legalize murder no Postnatal abortions are basically people who have already been born and you're going to abort them, aka kill them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say it's oh, okay. Maybe we can like legalize, Kyle, Kyle, shh, legalize, legalize infanticide. All right, because there's a difference between infanticide and murder. Okay. If it's infanticide, it means that the the child has already been born and has been killed within the first few days of its life. Wow. Yeah, so it's technically not legalizing murder. It's legalizing infanticide. <laughs> okay, Mr. Technicalities. There's still, still no gov. There's, there's still, still no, no gov. <laughs> it's basically still murder, but baby murder. Okay? Why? I, really? I mean, they, just, they won't be able to remember anything anyway. No, that's not true. Why don't we just legalize abortion in all stages of pregnancy? Yeah, even post-pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works, Kyle. 
Because at this point, if you phrase it that way, you are still a product of post-pregnancy and I can kill you here and now. No, because abortion only works if it is the mother who is aborting her child. Mm. Yeah. So only the mother can do it. So you have to call, you, ha- you have to call my mom, you go like, Tita Ange, <laughs> to kill your child, Rumi. <laughs> yeah. What if I help her though? What does that make it? Well, or she told me to abort you postnatally. Like, so it's still your mother's orders. Like, Tita Ange called me and was like, Nina, we want to have you as a daughter instead of Kyle. Can you murder Kyle? Which actually Kyle? happened. Which actually happened. Well, not the murder part, but... <laughs> the, them wanting me as the child more. Thanks, Tita Ange and Tito. But, like, how would that work? Is it still abortion? Yes, I, I, would, I would think so. In the same way, like, if you have a doctor who, who does abortions and the nurse helped, siguro ano siya, accomplice. Yeah. Ah, hindi. No. In, in our law, in Philippine law, there, so you have a principle. Mm-hmm. So you, you punish principles. Yeah. So, so you, have, you punish principles, accomplices, and accessories to okay. a crime. Okay. So the principle is basically the, the person who did the crime... The, the main person who committed the crime. So, yung, that person gets the full sentence. And? And there are three types of principles. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't want to hear the more first type, oh, no. The first type Too is a principle by direct participation. So, in, this ca- in the case that you talked about, you're the one who killed me. So, you are the principal by direct participation. Okay. The second one is principle by inducement. So in the case that you talked about, if my mother was the one who induced you into killing me, then my mother is also liable for principle by inducement. The third type of principle is principle by direct uh, by indispensable cooperation. And indispensable cooperation is basically like you couldn't have committed the crime without them. So in the case of the abortionist with the nurse Who's the one who's providing all of the stuff? That's basic. That could be considered like an indispensable cooperation, since if it weren't for her cooperation, the abortion would never have happened. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Wow, you still remember these things despite being very drunk. I'm proud of you, Kyle. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. This is an absurdly long episode. I think it's a special episode, so it's fine. It was fun. It was fun. Parting notes, though. So, we've prepped a lot. Um, This is really how Kyle and I talk when we are intoxicated. And we're not sure if this is going to be an episode you enjoy. You can skip this. Um, Well, if you're already at this point, then that means you You literally cannot skip this. Yeah, but, but... if you're not into this type of episodes, it's fine. It's not something we'll do often. It's just something we chose to do because there have been a few requests for it. And when we started case drinking and we'd have people listen to our preps, they seem to have enjoyed it. So this is mostly for those kinds of people. And I think I, I'm, I'm just, I guess, more comfortable now exposing this side of myself. To all you viewers because we felt like we owed it to you to be more honest on this podcast to show you as well that we're just human we've been receiving so many messages that make us seem like 
we're gods in debate but we're not we're just people who enjoy what we do we just have a lot of ideas we want to share and this is one of those episodes where we just had a lot we wanted to talk about even if they had no relation whatsoever to debate but I think we did a pretty good job despite being I a think, mistake. I think I think it's a great episode. I think it was a good episode. <laughs> despite all that. It was fun. So it, we and ex- we, except for the Ban Zeus one, like the, the cage. It was too serious for me. Well, we had to start from somewhere and I think people how now have a good idea how much we drank in the span of this hour. Yeah, so we drank two soju bottles and one bottle of Emperor Hot Shots. Yeah. Which is a great drink. Which is a it's great a great drink. drink. Okay, okay, Kyle. Do you have anything to say to your listeners? Um I have something to say to my listeners. Okay. Is that I never thought that I'd I'd be enjoying making this podcast as much as I am. Aw. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, it, it feels great. Because I, I, I really did I really appreciate how much everyone tells me how much we're helping them yeah yeah during PIDC a lot of people have been approaching both of us telling us how grateful they are for this series yeah and then one of our fans put us put our sticker on the back of her phone oh wow she said she sent me a DM of the photo of her phone and I just I almost cried Aww. because it was so sweet. It was so sweet because it was aut- we autographed it and everything. Yeah, we told her to be stronger than yesterday. It's all our these mantra. different things. Yeah, so great. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. We're having fun because you seem to be having fun, and I think that overall this podcast project of ours is a success, and we can't wait to give you more episodes. Perhaps we'll do this on our thirtieth episode again, because we really do plan on making more. We apologize again that we haven't been uploading as often as we've been wanting to. I, We're both busy. so uh, Yeah, but mostly me. That's mostly my fault. I've been abroad a lot of these days because I've, um, I'm sort of working abroad now. So I only get to really do this when I'm home here and with Kyle. So we look forward though to more episodes to come. More case drinkings and more normal case buildings. So... If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. If there were parts you didn't like, let us know. If you want us to stop making this podcast, let us know as well. We want to hear everyone's opinions. Yeah, if, because if, if you if you want us to stop making the podcast, let us know so we can take promptly, a break. <laughs> so we can promptly say no. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, but basically, we are only doing this because people benefit from it. If you aren't benefiting from it, then let us know. If there are better ways for us to do what we want to do, let us know. Because in the end, what we do is for you. We don't really benefit much from this. um, Because we're kind of retiring soon. I'm retired. Kyle is... I have been retired for a year. Yeah. And we're doing this out of love. So thanks for much... Blah, 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 blah. I'm really drunk. Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of Debatable. I'm Nina. I'm Kyle. And we'll see you in the next and hopefully more serious one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.